building community through amplifying the voices and vision of innovative educational leaders, practitioners, and learners from South Africa. Welcome to JGF Amplified, where we engage the minds of teachers, experts, and leaders in the South African education system. And two out of the three indicators of the kind of person we bring onto the podcast is embodied by our next guest today. She is our candidate fellow representative, teacher, and an expert in what it means to be a JGF candidate fellow. We have was Tim Bissell, Mbata, CF Rep, inducted in the year 2022. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a wonderful almost six years now of JGF, and I am happy to be here to share everything that I have from what I've experienced. So as you would have heard, we have transitioned into the new year, new year, new me, new theme, and our organization has kicked off the 2023 theming with EJGF Year 2, and that is what we'll be talking about today, what it means to be part of JGF, what it means for Ukuku to be the CF representative and also be a teacher within the South African education system, just reflecting on six years of her experience and to quote her, being the first, because she is the first of our candid fellow represent, uh, representatives. So, Kuku, I'll ask this question again. Did you see it coming? You being the first CF rep at JGF. Be honest now. <laughs> um, to be honest, I I really did not see it coming. Um, with being in JGF, being the first cohort in 2018, we've I've experienced all the firsts: first summit, first um, first orientation, first induction, first to be in the classroom in terms of JGF. So, what I what I could say I saw coming, there was always going to be some innovation. There was always going to be something out of the box because JGF is known for that. But to say specifically seeing myself as the first candidate fellow board representative, I can't necessarily say that. I was totally nervous with yeah. the whole process, um, trying to write up a letter of uh, recommendation of myself yeah. and then submitting a video of why I should be chosen. So having people vote for me, having people trust me, um, that was a big thing and I did not see that coming. I mean, I ask this question because from anyone who has seen you participate in the JGF program, you display really clear signs of leadership and taking initiative and always being on the front foot in terms of your presence within the candidate fellow uh, cohort. And this makes me wonder what about JGF fundamentally aligns with who you are as a group? I think I would say... JGF, part of the vision says uh, being at the forefront of solving South Africa's uh, problems in education. So I guess for me, I like to be at the forefront of trying to solve a problem, trying to be, be part of the solution. Um, not to say that I'm always looking for problems. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to be looking for problems, but when you realize that something can be done better, then why not be the person? There's something that um, one of the candidate fellows, or now she's actually a fellow, 
Notando. She always says, if not me, then who? And I really resonate that uh, with that ever since I heard her say it. And I'm always in that mindset that I want to be at the forefront. I want to be be part of the change um, because we need that. If if I don't do it, I can't expect somebody else to want to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, now you are in the classroom. What subjects are you teaching? Um, you're teaching mathematics to grade nine this year. I'm following on from the grade eight class I taught last year. Then I fought, I fought with my heart to teach uh, grade 10 pure maths because that's really where my passion is. And then I teach grade 11 and 12 maths literacy. And then I teach grade 10 economics. So before you were a teacher, obviously you were a learner yourself. So I think it's only right that we take it all the way back to young Google. Uh, could you describe to us how you came to be the Google that we know? So your background, the environment that you grew up in, the kinds of moments that have shaped who you are today. Um, interestingly, maybe I can just quickly bring some context. I recently wrote, I have my own blog. So I wrote a blog about being a mathematics language teacher, which is kind of crazy because math and language, you don't put them together. Interesting. So I was reflecting a little bit there on why I'm passionate about maths. Why do I want to specifically teach maths? And I realized that from primary school, actually, I had this math teacher who was always pushing us. And then sometimes she would grab a few of us and we'd help her mark. So from that primary school at that time, I think it was grade five. I was already marking maths papers, not necessarily my classes or um, people who I knew personally. So you try and keep it as anonymous as possible, you know? So I was doing that. And then I, I realized as I got into high school and so on, I had amazing teachers who were really teaching me about how I best put the responsibility on me to learn. <laughs> You know, I had this one accounting teacher who said, the very first thing she said on the first day of school, grade 10, she said, you do 90% of the work. Teaching for me is only 10%. <laughs> I'm like, what? And I realized that um, that's where I started to understand the idea and the term grit, which my math teacher said to us was passion and perseverance into all the things that you do. And yes, with my math teacher in, uh, further up in high school, grade 11 and 12, he really, he did the most with me. Um, I don't know how, how I can put that, where he'd put us into the deep end of a topic. Mm. And, no, and we just have to learn how to swim. But for some reason, I loved learning how to swim. You know, a lot of the time, yes, we do just want answers. But I found that figuring it out was so much better. It, yeah. got, it became more my responsibility. It became my thing that I figured this out. I'm proud of this and therefore I know it. So I think, um, yeah, that's how I came to be who I am. It's a lot of my teachers actually who put me in these uh, deep end situations, um, so to speak. And then they, they were there to help me swim. But... I felt that I did it and then I became proud of myself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when did you get that moment of realization that well, Google's meant to be a teacher? <laughs> um, I had a conversation with one of my teachers 
talking about uh, what do I want to be or what problems do I see in South Africa or whatever. So um, I, I knew that we had a conversation and I did say that edu our education system kind of sucks. <laughs> and I kind of want to um, have South Africa being able to compete globally. At that point, I had already gone through an exchange, student exchange program. So I, I got to experience education in another country. I spent three months in India in an international school. And that for me was mind blowing. So I wanted to come back to my school and try and change that. But I also had managerial problems with my school. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, you know, it doesn't have to be school. Eventually I'll take it to the country, become minister of education or whatever. So then coming back to my math teacher in grade 12, he, he really took in my ideas that I want to change South Africa's education. I want to have our curriculum done a certain way that represents us, but we can also compete globally. And then I could say maybe he humbled me a little bit. And he said, have you noticed that all these people in top positions, Minister of Education or whatever, they're making a lot of decisions and sometimes they forget what it." Some of them have not been in the classroom and some of them, um, they're just conforming to whatever's at the top. They're forgetting what it was, in, what it was like in the classroom. So he said, how are you going to expect to do all of those great things at the top without knowing what it feels like for the people who you're making decisions for? Mm. So that was my, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not hundred percent sure about staying in the classroom forever but I know this is where I need to start and therefore I'm going to put my heart into it and see where I can make my impact. And hopefully as I grow into my educational leadership, I can always reflect on this and remember this is, this is what it felt like when my curriculum advisor said I must do this and it didn't make sense to me. So, yeah. So, I mean, you could say that you attending the international school in India was the turning point before you. Please just share similarities and contrast of that education setting in India. I mean, you only went to one school, yeah. but from what you can extrapolate from that experience, could you contrast it with what it is that you experienced in South Africa? So I experienced there that they had much more subject choice. And I've always been a person that likes to have my choices available to me and be responsible for the choices that I make. So what I felt is for us in South Africa, um, you're in grade nine and you're, you then you have to make these choices of your three subjects, your three elective subjects for grade 10 and you're stuck with them till matric. What I experienced there was more, it almost felt like you're in a high school setting experiencing university. They do courses. So yes, they have to do maths. I did maths as well, but it wasn't like the maths curriculum where I'm doing small, like a million topics in one year in South Africa. It was more like for this six months, this semester, we're only focusing on algebra. Once you've passed that and you've got your credits, move on to a next maths course, which would be calculus and just focus on that for six months. So what I've, what, there's always been this conversation in our South African education that it's overloaded with surface level stuff. You know, we're learning a lot of stuff, but it's all on surface. What I experienced there is the spending time to go in depth into one thing and then move on. Once you've got your credits, you've passed your exam, 
move on instead of just doing algebra, geometry, calculus all in one year and you expect it to pass this big exam at the end of the year to pass your whole year. So that was one of the big things that I found very insightful, a very like life-changing. It felt like I was in university in high school because that is what I experienced once I got to UCT. I did only six-month courses and I just moved on. Yeah. So, I mean, you navigating a world where your peers are, you know, maybe in the digital economy and are influencers and doing all these kinds of work and some are lawyers, some are doctors. Take me to a social setting where Google Rock Substance is, hey guys, I'm a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> what usually is the response there? Um, I've actually found that it's changed quite a lot. From first year, being in JGF, I knew that I would have to do two years of being a teacher minimum. So starting first year, it was, oh, why? <laughs> yeah, it was almost like, I didn't, like, even in high, even your teacher, they almost feel like you are wasting a talent. You know, you could be a doctor and saving lives. It almost felt like that type of situation. But I've also now realized that when I am in social settings more now in current times, people actually do realize the importance of being a teacher. They now are almost, don't want to say praising me, but I don't have another word, but it's like, thank you for doing such good work, you know, teaching future generations. So I don't know, maybe um, it's also a maturity thing. At that time, when I was in first year, I was speaking to people mostly also in first year. Mm. Now I'm in settings where I'm sitting with people who are who have gotten their first degree. They are maybe studying for their master's or they are starting work. And so now we can say all of us, we've grown. And now we realize that there is a much greater importance in teachers um, than there was before. Yeah. Or than we thought before, not that there wasn't before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So take us to the moment where you realize there's this organization called the Jake's Havel Fellowship. <laughs> and I kind of want to be a part of this, right? Um, how did you hear about the organization? So I guess for, it was in Matric, of course. Um, so first my... Um, she was the deputy principal of my school at that time. She's She asked that I apply for Alan Gray. Mm. And I the whole entrepreneurship idea sort of thing. And that was the most stressful thing I thought I ever did at that point in my life. Mm. Where it was these long essay questions. of And, you know, I, I, it, it felt like it was so much effort yeah. to fill in that application. But there's nothing wrong with it. There are people who are geared for it. There was no um, alignment for you at the yeah, time. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, but I was, I did want um, external funding I mean, or funding for university. And then I got an SMS. I can't remember from which organization exactly, but I got an SMS, apply for this. So I applied for Chase Hybel Fellowship almost unknowingly what I'm applying for. It's, maybe it's embarrassing now. <laughs> but... Um, I feel like the process felt so natural. I didn't actually feel like I was applying to something huge or something that could be this big. It was um, it, like I, I answered with ease. It was, I don't know, it just felt like, like you say, now I was aligning with something. And um, only after I had submitted my application, called my dad, please make sure you submit these documents, all these things. 
Then only afterwards I started to do research, what is this? And at that time, I will admit the website only said teacher, teacher, teacher. Different from now, it says teacher, expert leader, a social entrepreneur. So that's, so now if we go back a little bit to what I said earlier, I wasn't sure about being a teacher until my teacher said, um, how are you going to do all these big things without knowing what it's like in the classroom? So then I had consulted with him. I'm like, this website says teacher, 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 and I'm not sure about that. So that's where it is to come together now. Six years down the line, had no idea what she was applying for. She had a sense, but not really a clear idea, is now representing candidate fellows on our board. How has that transition or that progression rather been for you? Um, I can say this is something that Julian says quite often that um, I've had lots of dosages of JGF, you know, um, where I've, JGF helped me to, I guess, I, I think I knew who I was, but I guess they helped me vocalize who I want to be and who I am. Um, so with, with everything that has happened over the six years, it's been little dosages of JGF, finding out what are my strengths, the strength, um, finder, uh, thing that we had to do assessment. Yes. And then uh, with every summit that we went through, I was being more inspired by leaders out there. Like I remember just after last year's summit and we got a face-to-face with the principal from Eastern Cape, the 29-year-old principal. Yes, exactly. Then I got back to school and I told my principal, yeah, um, I want to be a young principal too. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so I feel that um, that has been all these little things that have been happening, all these events, orientation, induction, summit, those those have all added up to who I am or who I was meant to be. I just needed a little bit of unlocking. Yeah, yeah. And speaking about summit, uh, this year, our theme is inspired summit, right? Really just digging into what it means to be inspired in an education system that everyone looks at and pities, mm-hmm. what it means to be led by, uh, by with inspiration in a country that's in crisis. Where do you draw your inspiration from? I will, a lot of it, being a part of JGF for six years, a lot of it has come from JGF itself. Um, I can remember all these, all the, almost all the different, um, summits I've been to for the past five years. And there was always something that I was drawing from there. Um, that's where a lot of my inspiration comes from. And I guess also having this unique opportunity of being on the, representing and sitting on the board. Now I'm sitting with Prof Janssen and, uh, Rachel and, uh, Jane. So I'm seeing that, okay, <laughs> I want to be like them, <laughs> you know, and I've always been, um, believing of this quote that you are the average of the five people you spend your most time with. So even just at my school, even just there, I will spend time because right now the principal is one of my inspirations as well. I need to tell him and maybe you'll hear this. Actually, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> shout out as well as. 
as well as some of the teachers that are there and I see their level of organization. I see their uh, creativity in a classroom because sometimes in my off period, I'll sit in somebody else's classroom just because I can. Maybe I just say it's a great head thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that's where all my inspiration comes from, that I see all these great people, what they're doing, and I want to be sitting at the table with them one day with my own, being my own inspiration as well. Yeah. And in 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 being with these individuals that you look up to and you know you are inspired you are inspired by how has it been representing candidate fellows um at the board but just knowing very well that between 2022 and 2023 i am the embodiment of the general voice of the jgf candidate fellow well, so far, I've been mostly trying to just connect with people. Um, I think I did mention before we started this, um, this year so far, although it's the start of the year, I've felt a little bit disconnected from JGF, mm -hmm. only because it is my final year, but also as I'm leaving JGF, I'm also entering into this new education space or getting deeper into the education space just in leadership in my own school but I do want to still and I am trying my best in representing the cohort by I have my experiences but because so much has changed over the years I need to now take into consideration other people's experiences uh, of JGF especially as we've moved from the UTF and we are slowly going more into a GTF program and so at moments where I can, whether it's on WhatsApp or when people want to connect with me and they send me their ideas and I can take it to the board, that is what I try to do. Um, and so far, it's only been one year of being a, a rep and this is my second year and we hope to see where things go this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you hope to leave with after your, your term? Uh, ends. I hope, I guess, you, you you always want to have a succession plan, you know. So I hope maybe throughout the course of this year, maybe I can have a few people who want to sit in my position and have some sort of mentorship going on there, sharing what happens, not necessarily in detail, but what to look out for or ways that they can maybe even do better than I did. Because for me, being the first, it's also, I must now first think, what can I do? But now they can see what have I done and then work off of um, moving forward from there. Google, are you inviting people in your DMs? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> you know that they are interested. <laughs> Guys, the DMs are open. I will. Walana Wasala Google is ready to... To, to walk you through her, her position, well, the position that she holds, rather. Now, we are, we are looking towards having uh, an inclusive, and this is always the, the, the intention of the organization, to have an inclusive space for individuals, uh, for individuals to thrive in community, and as we say, to, to courageously collaborate. Uh, you've seen JGF being a humble number of 20 
if even that. And now this year we're looking at hosting summit for like what? 300 individuals, right? How do you feel we can best hold the ethic of unity, collaboration, walking together as the number exponentially grows? Um, off the top of it, my head right now, I think it would be cool to have, if, if we maybe have, um, let's say we'll have a goal working towards summit, or maybe working towards the end of your function, have each year group, um, want to bring something of what represents them. And that way every year we can represent a year, year group and what JGF means to them and maybe showcase that. Uh, summit or maybe at a year-end function if we could ever have a really big year-end function with everyone that would be really cool as well and now speaking about summit because you speak quite well you, you're not an emphatic speaker mm-hmm. you're quite gracious but you do speak with a great emphasis of how summit has played a great shaping and molding role in your journey in the organization do share with us your most fondest memory um, at summit. Right now, I'm maybe a little bit biased. It's the fact that we had fireworks ceremony last year, yes. and I got my own uh, slot to bring to bring my speech. Mm-hmm. I had a. I feel like it was an awesome speech. Yeah, it was really different. It was really good. It was really good. I mean, proceeded with that elacuicho. I mean, the whole cohort just saying. I'm like, not a creature in your name, girl. <laughs> not in your name, girl. So I guess the yeah, biased out of the way, me having my moment to showcase what JJF means to me. Other than that, um, because prior to that, I, I wouldn't have graduated yet from JJF. So it has always been the, um, the speakers, mostly, that come to share their experiences and we also what I really loved a lot of the time I actually noticed when JGF brings a speaker they hold so many titles but they don't mention them <laughs> and I find that humility so I don't know it, it it feels nice that I'm speaking to a person and this person is sharing their real life experiences that they didn't just get to the top or whatever the version of their top is. They didn't just get to the top overnight. There was real hard work behind that. And a lot of the time I resonate with that quite often. As I said um, earlier, it was um, just last year, it was the principal who got to me. It was like a principal, he was teaching maths. He turned the whole school around. For me, that was amazing. Yeah. So to new candidate fellows uh, at JGF who are, you know, anticipating summit and, 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 and what do you think or what words of encouragement or excitement would you like to impart in them uh, as they look forward to this occasion? I first want to probably be honest because it goes over a whole weekend and it's a full program, it will get exhausting. Uh, with the amount of engaging that you do with, um, well, soon to be over 300 people, <laughs> it does get exhausting. But 
it is so, so, so worth it. Um, I am probably going to, I'm saying I'm encouraging, actually, encouraging everyone to fully be present, fully um, give your all. If you have a question, ask it. If you have a moment to sit down with somebody at lunch, do it. Don't hold yourself back because that is the time where you actually grow not necessarily immediately and also with all the information overloaded it takes time to process it and that's normal we're human it's supposed to happen that way but fully be there fully engage bring your whole self and who you are and you're going to have the best time and it's not just about the food (laughs) (laughs) your journey at JGF we do not take it for granted that it is not one that is filled with roses because you're still an individual um yeah with us and any words of encouragement to candidate fellows who are listening to this and they're like you know what i think i was good then i was good when i applied but right now i don't think i i i i meet the standard Uh, they feel discouraged they they are dealing with imposter syndrome or maybe they have let themselves down in any shape or form that they feel that they've let themselves down. What words of encouragement do you have for them? I would say, okay, yes, imposter syndrome is very real. I still experience it myself a lot of the time. But my advice, if you, as you're still a candidate fellow, maybe even uh, you're already in um, NKT, connect with your PO, connect with your teacher coach. Um, These are amazing people who have been with me throughout my entire journey. And even still today, I rely on them, even though I'm in in my second year of teaching. I I had Carla, who was always great at figuring out a plan when, when I feel like my life was going wrong. She knew how to calm me down and get me to, well, give me a plan so that I can follow it. Then I had Amy, Amy, who was always had these sweet words. You just, it's like, how do you always come up with this amazing stuff? <laughs> I always had those moments, you know, and she even helped me with my interviews for, um, for applying for jobs. And even now I still, Samora was never necessarily my PO, but even now he helps me connect with other teachers in other schools. So. Whenever you're feeling like you're out of your element, I guess it's connect with your PO or connect with your teacher coach. These are people who are non-judgmental, which is amazing. And um, they really are coming from an understanding point of view. And then they are there to help you. And then from then on, of course, it's your responsibility to then take what they say and actually apply it. I recently came from a teacher workshop at school. And the one thing the speaker said is application is key. It means nothing. It will do nothing for you if you're just sitting there and receiving all this advice. But if you can't, if you don't apply, not that you can't, but if you don't, then you'll literally be stuck where you have been or the reason why you got to your PO in the first place. So, yeah, that's my advice. And Google, there's someone who's listening to the podcast thinking, you know what, I want to be a teacher, but there's so much going on i'm not entirely sure if if it's worth it anymore there's so many naysayers about pursuing 
education and teaching in particular um, as a career, what words of encouragement do you have for them? Ignore them. <laughs> Ignore the people who are, who are the naysayers. You also need to realize that if teaching is your calling, if teaching is your purpose, that's where you need to be. Otherwise, you're always going to feel out of place anywhere else. And um, look, we are in a teacher crisis, actually, or we are heading towards one where more than half or up to half of teachers by 2030, maybe, will be retiring. And that creates a shortage. In fact, we're already in a shortage, but by then it will be a much bigger shortage. And I want to encourage more youthful young people because that's also where the ideas are going to come from. That's where the change is going to happen. And um, yeah, ignore the naysayers. You go for what you want to do. Be the change that you want to be. Uh, change your classroom. Inspire learners. Touch hearts. And eventually those naysayers, maybe you're going to teach their children and they're going to say thank you. <laughs> A classy shade. Obviously... <laughs> Brought me down yesterday, honey, but today I'm teaching your kids. Now what? Now what? A lot of times we forget that. I'm not assuming that everybody's going to have children, but we are definitely going to have more generations. It's inevitable. You know, we are made to reproduce um, as people. So if we're not having the best teachers, then what are we going to expect? What are we going to expect? <laughs> and this year, 2023, it's HF year two. What does this theme mean to you? I think it's making JGF your own. Um, yes, JGF has its um, statement and mission. You know, we want to be at the forefront of change um, in all South African schools. But what does that, how do you take that um, mission statement? How do you make it your own? Because we're all these unique individuals and with all with all our unique perspectives. So JGF Year 2 is about, yes, I am my own individual, I have my own ideas, but also we're working towards a common goal, which is at the end of the day, improving education in South Africa. For me, I am not shy about it. It is definitely mathematics. That's where I want to make my change. Then there'll be a next person where it's language. But at the end of the day, we're all coming together. It's ours. It's our mission. It's our theme, so to speak, and working towards that. Thank you so much, Google. Thank you so much for for your time. But also, as the organization, we thank you for your good work in the way in which you represent candidate fellows. And we only hope for more goodness and we anticipate more greatness to come from this gracious and highly impactful individual. Lutunani, thank you so much for listening to us and you know the deal. If you want to know more about us, go to your favorite search engine, type in there, take cover fellowship, a stunning website is going to come up where you also see where you can get in contact with us or engage with us rather on social media. We are on Twitter. We are giving you aesthetic on Instagram. Um, and yeah, Let's do the work that is worthy of praise generations to come. Google really did highlight 
the impact, the generational impact of uh, education in this country. So from me, Matabukladi, I'll see you on the other side of this. Bye.